Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey, you wonderful people. Okay, this week we're talking about parenting. And obviously, we've got a resident expert who knows a lot about this subject. Me? No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, uh, I'm definitely not a, an expert in parenting. Um, I did wade in, though, with my teaching experience. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll see. But it's an interesting conversation, really interesting conversation. Really, what we're talking about here is relationships and um, the, you know, what, how will they change when we become alcohol-free? And there's a load of magic in here. So whether you're a parent, uh, whether you want to be, whether you don't want to be, there'll be something in here for you. Um, yeah, so we're really excited to put this out. The only other really exciting thing I want to mention is that our, our very own Ellie Crow will be in the August path for this Naked Mind. Um, so the, the best way to get in there if you want to join is through the link that we've put in the show notes. Not only will you get it for the best price that you will find anywhere, you will also, we'll get a little bit of uh, investment back into the show if you use that link, which would be just amazing. Um, yeah, so Ellie's in this one. And we don't know how long it'll be until either of us um, are in another group um, at the moment. So it might might be a while. So if you are looking to get some support and you'd like Ellie Crow to be one of your wonderful coaches, then get yourself in the August path and feel free to ping either of us a message if you've got any questions or send an email or whatever. All right, team, without further ado, parenting with Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. See you there. Great. So that's a perfect oh. time to start then. <laughs> Can't, are you chewing into the microphone? Yep. I can't hear, no one can hear you, but if I do clip this, it's going to look really odd as a video. <laughs> it's not, can't hear can't it. Hear it. <laughs> can't hear that. Can't hear that. Oh, it was a waste of fucking time. Anyway, I was just eating my grapes, like Mooncat. Who's Mooncat? The... Oh, God, why don't you know Mooncat? Is that because I don't have kids? No, no, Mooncat's old. Mooncat's oh. from the 80s. Used to like eat the grapes, Mooncat and the Clang. Put your hands up in the Facebook group if you remember Mooncat, and a bonus point if you can find a picture of him on the internet. It's a bit scary, actually. And in fact, there was a there was a crow on um, on uh, Mooncat, and it was scary as fuck. I'm looking at Mooncat now. Yeah, look for the scary crow. I used to shit myself. Well, not literally shit myself. I was quite scared of it when I was a kid. But I um, here's a fun fact about Ellie. I was also scared of. Big Bird from Sesame Street. I'm looking at Mooncat now. I mean, Crazy, yeah. I've never seen this before. Cosmic. What, Definitely scary Crow. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a horrible. Oh, actually, was that on Mooncat or was that on something else? That might have been on something else. There was a really scary crow mm. from some TV program from the 80s. Um, oh, there you go. Anyway, uh, serious, just not seriously. We've got a five-star review, Mr. Sam. Yay! We've got some of them. That's great. We've got a few of them. We haven't had a one-star yet. And this it's is going to happen um, one day, isn't it? This is. Oh, no, I think somebody has done that, but I don't know. Whether what a one-star? Yeah, but I can't see. There's no review, so I don't know whether it's just somebody being an asshole or whether it's oh. somebody that's kind of like clicked it by accident. Or either way, you got to have some one-star. You're not. You never made it until you've got at least one. <laughs> so whoever that was, thank you very much. 
Um, well, I, uh, hey, hey, I'm not going to say it. I, th- I know who it might be. That's all I'm saying. Oh, the person no, we were just talking about. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Go on, um, crack on. Anyway, a big thanks to Great During Remodel, who's uh, sent us this wonderful review. Listen to this. Relatable, brilliant, creative, compassionate, hopeful, practical, deep, soulful, and hilarious. Back round again. Excuse me. Their banter, waffle, and spew fountains of wisdom that spring forth from some cosmic river, which they make clear we can all access. Fucking love that river. Yeah, you're in the cosmic river. That's that's cool. That sounds like a um. Sounds like a. Yeah, sounds like a something, doesn't it? The cosmic river. Oh, look at that! Look at, look at us with our matching path mugs. Big shout out to the February Wee. 2022 Pathers who Wee. sent us a beautiful mug. It's a good size mug, that. Who, it is. I get offended when people give me tea in a little mug. Do you know what's even worse than that is if people give you tea in a little mug and it's not a full cup. What's wrong with people? Well, I think that's. I was about to say that's old people do that because they're worried about bedwetting, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just hurt my side. <laughs> oh, so they worried about me. Worried about me, bedwetting or the because because fair enough. Have a half cup of tea, but <laughs> think about me. I need a oh, full dear. one. I had um, dinner al fresco, no lunch al fresco, with a friend last week, and uh, at the end of our um, meal, at a wonderful vegan restaurant in Cambridge. My God. Uh, I got myself a lovely vegan dessert, which was outstanding. And he ordered an espresso. And it's a long time since I've had an espresso. And I looked and I was like, what the, what's the fucking point? It's like, like. Oh, no, I get that. But that's a millimeter. I'm like, what? why? In a Taste. massive cup. I'm like, what's, what's, what's the point? What's the point of that? Well, taste. Anyway. I mean, people just like the taste of an espresso, don't they? I like the that's smell right. of it. Mm. Anyway, uh, we're here to talk about something today. Yeah. Something very important. Oh, we're going to talk about <laughs> a subject that Sam knows much about. Yeah, much requested. Because of, because of my um, sharing, probably. Sharing is caring. We're going to talk about parenting. Oh, parenting alcohol-free. Do you know what? When I made my cup of tea before we came to do this, I was just thinking about the wise words of a good friend of ours. <laughs> Do you remember when um, I did a Saturday Night Live or what a Friday Night Live with Mr. William Porter and he yeah. infamously referred to parenting as, and I quote, deeply unpleasant work. <laughs> He's so fucking funny. He's been posting some absolute wondrous stuff recently, I must say. He has. He has. <laughs> Oh, he's posted quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> quite a what you will. <laughs> I've had fair play. I I've started to think maybe I should be doing that. Maybe that's how I'm going to get more followers. God, Sam, I'm having starting to have palpitations. I'd like I literally am having palpitations right now. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to talk about parenting, alcohol-free. This deeply unpleasant work that we um we're um called to some of us. <laughs> Um, where where should we start, Mr. Sam? I feel like I'm just right in the middle of the washing machine. So maybe you as an outsider. Okay. So here we go then. So if we're going to talk about parenting alcohol-free, I guess it would make sense to talk about what how how things have changed 
from parenting with alcohol to parenting alcohol free i'm sure there's a few things that we could talk about there go on let's hear it oh god uh it's still just as hard as it ever was but i'm not hung over every day so there's that yeah big win <laughs> but i used to like i used to go along to all these fucking baby groups and stuff and i would be utterly hung over not really wanting to have to engage and make conversation with other people and looking at them looking back at me probably in exactly the same state and um it was just a bit of a soul-destroying existence, but largely because the exhaustion and the sleep deprivation and the um, the workload, all of that is hard enough in itself. But when you are putting your body under the stress of drinking, I was drinking on a pretty much a daily basis and I, not day drinking, <laughs> although I did do that, um, not a toddler groups. <laughs> I I was primarily drinking at the end of the day as this seemingly relaxing pursuit to you know end the the difficulty of the day but it then would seep into the next day and I'd wake up having been sleep deprived for most of the night thinking like how the hell am I going to get through today I feel fucking terrible and then towards the back end of the day start to feel better again and then oh well you know what would really help right now um so the difficulties are still there the workload's still there but I'm not doing it with my hands tied behind my back and that's what it really felt like and when I discovered the truth about alcohol and how it works with the brain and body is why I was just so fucking adamant that I had to get into this kind of work to be able to let people know that it's a scam and it's not helping you. It's doing the exact opposite because parenting is bloody hard enough. As William says, deeply unpleasant work, a lot of it, and you don't need anything else working against you. So yeah. that's the big thing. Yeah. And I think, um, I love how, I love how, uh, how Saki is, but that's so great. Um, I don't think it's been serious. Well, I mean, but the thing <laughs> is, it's like, well, it depends what we mean by unpleasant, right? Because obviously there's going to be a lot of stuff that's uncomfortable. But I know, I'm, I mean, look, there are people, I'm one of those people, <laughs> I, I don't have kids. I don't know if me and Rob will have kids. Um, and yeah, I mean, the idea of it sounds, it sounds horrible. <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> And you're some right of it sounds, to think that. And some of it sounds absolutely great. You're bringing these little humans into the world. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, I mean, something that you've often said that I've is that really kind of um I really felt as true for you, and I think is true for a lot of other people, though, is that the time that you do have with your kids is very different. Like I know that you've sort of spoken mm. about how the frustrations of you know, reading stories at bedtime when you want to really just go downstairs and have that glass of wine because that's your me time and you know all that kind of stuff and the and then the kind of the feelings that we that we have around that because we want to be there for our for our kids because it's not it's not on them right it's not like a it's not so see I guess even to be free of that and to to see that that was you know it was the it was you were doing the best you could with the thinking that you had at the time absolutely as well mm. so there's no point like hanging on that and it, it was as it was, and and now it's not like that anymore. And we're all doing what makes sense to us, right? So yeah, I guess. But I guess it's lovely to be free of that. I mean, I don't know. What oh comes yeah, hundred percent. It is. You know, I used to have that every night. It was the same thing. Of and at the time, Chester would have been about 
four and he'd have his little, I'd, I've read the kids a story, try to put them to bed as quickly as I can so I can go get a glass of wine. And he'd be reaching his little arms out, mummy, will you lie with me while I fall asleep? Can I have another story, all that business? And I could either lie with him, looking at my watch, willing him to fall asleep, feeling slightly resentful, <laughs> or disappointing. What have to see his little disappointed face as I disappear out of the bedroom, go get a glass of wine. And then I'd sit there thinking, like, why am I doing this? Like, why mm. is this my priority? So, yes, you're right, to be free of that. You know, bedtimes are still difficult sometimes. Like last night, you know, at nine o'clock at night, I'm still trying to wrestle them into bed. And it's, but it's a different thing now. It's like, you know, I've got little Noah in one room wanting me to stay with her and Chester wanting me to stay with him in another room. But I don't have that, um, you know, I'm not caught up in any of that wanting to be somewhere else. Mm. I'm just present to whatever's going on with them. And it, and it is wonderful. And I was, I was sitting there last night um, thinking as Noah was falling asleep, holding a little hand and just contemplating like when she was, so she was born at home, it was beautiful. Just this like how she's grown in, you know, she's only four, but how much she's grown from this tiny little baby and how lucky I am to be present with them in a way that for so many years I couldn't be because I, you know, I just, I, I was in a, I was in a difficult place with some, you know, misunderstandings about how it all worked. Um, <clears throat> so it, it, it is wonderful to be free of that because I used to hate when people said to me, people used to say to me, make the most of it because they grow up really fast. Yeah, but I couldn't make the most of anything because I was just in such a bad place. It was just so difficult, compounded by hormonal stuff. Sleep deprivation is no fucking joke. It's it's hideous. Mm. Uh, so you can't, it's impossible to make the most of it because you're just clinging on to get through the day. So parenting now is still extremely challenging, but it's just, it, it's not this utterly impossible task that it was before. And I've learned so much about myself and being able to, like I always wanted to be more peaceful with the kids, more relaxed. And um, that's, yeah, don't get me wrong, I have my moments. <laughs> But that's generally how things are. And to 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 just be able to soak, soak it all in. I mean, yeah, there are times where you're thinking, God, I wish this bit was over because it's just bloody, it's, you know, it's a William Porter moment of, God, this is deeply unpleasant. But, you know, it's just, just part of it. It's just part of it. It's, it's very different. It's very, very different. And... Um, I'm very thankful to be in a different place with it because, as, as I keep saying, it's hard enough. It's hard enough without making it more difficult for yourself. Yeah, and I think it's, it's supposed to be, right, in the sense that most things in our life, things that are achievable um, and things that we'd love to have happen or the most meaningful things that happen are in our life or 
from anything like so very often the, you know the most meaningful and most important events in anybody's life you know the birth of children the death of a parent deep um sort of plant medicine work what what's the thing that runs through all of those things or you know overcoming addictions this kind of stuff well it's there are moments of absolute joy and elation and there are moments of real challenge and difficulty and there are mm. and that looks like it's actually bound together so i think just because something has moments where it's really unpleasant, where it's really difficult and challenging, doesn't mean it's, I mean, that seems to be part of the fact of it being so meaningful. Um, and, and some of that adversity is where we grow and learn so much about ourselves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you're bringing a life into the world, right? And there's a, there's a, mm. it's, I mean, it's pretty magical. It's pretty incredible that we can do that. Um, and yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot that comes with it as well, particularly if you have three of them. <laughs> oh no, yeah, three's a bad number. Like if people had always said, like just stick, just do with two. It's two. It's three. Three's the the bad number. When you tip over three, you could have as many as you like, but it's it's three. Funny enough, um, <laughs> why is that? What's the what's the difference? Well, it's just a fucking night. Well, you're outnumbered. Um, you know, they can take you from every angle. Then, yeah. We were at, um, I was at the kids' football last Monday, and there was a mum there, and she, she had this little, little girl, was like a an, an older girl, sat down with her, and, uh, or seemingly sat down with her, and then, a little kid playing football, and then this, third child, I said, she's your third, isn't she? I could just tell by the the goings on, this little she's a tiny little toddler, and. She had that look in her eye of like, I know you don't want me to do this, but I'm going to do it. And uh, it was just, it was so familiar to me. Um, but all of that is, while it is bloody intensely difficult at times, it is just, it's amazing. It's amazing to spend time with these little beings that, you know, they just take you, take you right back to what it's like to be, um, you know, without all of the the conditioning and without all of the belief systems, and particularly when they're really young, like the age that Noah's at right now, where she's you know, she's not bothered about fitting in or mm. <laughs> some social conventions she's interested in, but she's just into being, into being herself, and and that's so utterly wonderful, so wonderful. So there's um there's so much to look forward to and to be thankful for when alcohol's out of the way. But you also need to uh, amass ways of coping with the difficulty and the workload and all the rest of it because it's uh, it takes its toll, you know, on your nervous system and physically, emotionally, psychologically. It's, it's a lot, it is. Yeah, well, a lot of this dials back into the conversation that we had. Perhaps it aired last week. I'm not sure, but when it aired, um, when we were talking about kind of relief and those kinds of things, mm. and and being with our feelings, and and it seems to me that, you know, I think we're always dialed into this kind of well, the intelligence that's running through all things. No one is not plugged in, but it seems like once we move alcohol out. There is like a we have a slight we have a clearer channel. We kind of pick yeah. up on the messages a bit more. And when it comes to parenting, when it comes to not sort of not being so reactionary and perhaps wanting to because I think I think one of the things that I imagine every parent 
well, I don't know if every parent does think about this, but this kind of wanting to do the best job that we can and wanting to try and um, learn from the amazing things that our parents did well and not so well and mm. not just repeat that sort of unconsciously, yeah. but to actually to recreate the things that are sort of beautiful and to try our best to not, you know, react to do again the things that, you know, we found difficult or challenging. And we're going to make our own fun, but our own kind of assessments of what those things might be. And mm. not having alcohol in there, that are one of the most amazing things that we're going to get in any relationship. I mean, this isn't just parent-child relationship, but it's it it kind of is going to be a very powerful thing for us to be dialed into that and to have that inter like that kind of knowing. Um, and to also just, I don't know. I mean, I think often, not always, but often if we've got kind of alcohol running through the system and that kind of stuff, kids are like, um, they're really, they, they pick up on, on energies and stuff. They, they've got less going on upstairs, um, in a good way. They've got, you know, less yeah. stories about how life works, less constructs. And so they're much more prone to kind of just sense things and pick up on things. And yeah, so I think it's all, all of that is kind of is kind of cool it kind of means that we get like a really a different like a yeah i guess i don't know i, I if i keep talking now i'm probably just gonna no, say something you, random you, no what you said is really important and well two things number one i can't remember what the, where the study was but we could find it if anybody's particularly interested i remember in the early days of spending time with annie she shared it with us and it, it was to do with um it was quite hard reading, so I didn't read much of it because it was I, I just I could I couldn't at the time. But the big thing that I took away from it was that children, uh, children that are around people, caregivers that are drinking, even if it's just one drink, they don't feel safe. Was the takeaway? And so what you're saying about you know how perceptive children are, and what they feel, you know, we might not realize entirely the impact that um, we can be having. And the whole, having the opportunity to rewrite things, to recreate things, to end certain cycles, I think is one of the most important things that we can be doing. And I hear that over and over every time I speak with a parent in either one of my groups or one of the this naked mind programs that's what drives people like it's like I, I want I want better for myself but I want better for my children and I want to end this this cycle that's just you know sort of playing out um unconsciously so something as seemingly small as a substance like alcohol, like removing that change, making that one change in your life can have some incredible, really incredible um, implications, not just for you, but for all the people around you. And for kids, it's I, I'm not sure whether they would remember when I was drinking or not. I remember somebody asking me early on, you know, what does Pearl think? How does Pearl, you know, does Pearl notice the difference? But I'm not sure that they would now remember it's been so long since I, ha I haven't drank. Um, but uh, it's just, 
it's just life-giving like it's like being able to breathe again um i feel like there's something important i wanted to say it might come back to me yeah well one thing that does seem to be very important is if through grace and just life circumstance and luck and all these things there are people listening to this podcast who are kind of waking up to some of this stuff with very young children or you know that's that's amazing and there may be people listening where you know it didn't even occur and like this is the story that we're handed by society um and it might not have even occurred to people to might be in their 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s or 80s that they're now on this journey and i think you hear this thing a lot of people kind of well i can't change the past and they feel you know like guilt and they're like it's it's as it was you know this stuff is when we until we see it we don't see it if you if you go to a wedding these days and you look at the dance floor you'll notice it's completely normalized for there to be kids and stuff around when people are like wankered on the dance floor dancing alcohol everywhere if you switch the alcohol for a different drug people would be like oh my god i can't believe that people mm -hmm. were taking x drug around kids. like the only reason it doesn't seem fucking batshit crazy to us that, you know, for example, smoking weed around your kids versus, you know, cocaine versus alcohol versus is because of the story that we've got. So all of that's filtered down, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you've got adverts targeting mummy wine culture, you've got a bottle of rose, like all these kinds of like images that start appearing to appeal to kind of increase the, the amount of heavy drinking amongst um, women, right? So it's been kind of targeted and, and it's been, yeah. and it's found its way in. And so I think the one thing that's always worth knowing is the past is done. It is done. And wherever we happen to be and wherever we are with our kids, there is there is some there is a space inside every single one of us, including our children, where they're where we're completely whole and healthy. It's it's before this world and it and it can change and and heal anything if we start looking in that direction. And the one amazing thing that any parent gives their child at any age if they go on a journey of becoming alcohol free. Um, is is presence and um, openness and being there full stop. And, and as it looks to me that once we do that, that's such a gift to give to our kids. Like even if it's just drinking a bit less, even if it's just actually, you know, having real conversations, if it's, you know, learning how to kind of um, break down the walls and have connection outside of the you know, using alcohol and that kind of stuff. That's an amazing gift. And so, yeah. Yeah, because the one thing that, it, like, again, it's innocent, but the one thing that happens if we keep replaying all mem memories, thought, you know, thoughts and memories and stuff of like what's past and how it could have been different, that innocently keeps us trapped because it doesn't, because the moment all of that drops away, where are we? Well, we're back in the present moment again and that's the only place we're ever going to have and it's the only place we're really ever going to connect with our with our kids and that's that's the space where miracles happen because it can't happen anywhere else like the past isn't a place the future isn't a place the only place available where miracles of connection and all these kinds of things is is now like that's that's it that's all any of us have got going for us so that's the place from where we're going to have real conversations where we're gonna and you just you just never know um what what was it that sort of and and yeah i don't know there's so, there's there's so much in here but i i i hear so much um weight on people 
for, you know, past decisions and stuff like that. And we're all at every single point of our life, like we've said over and over again, doing the best we can with the thinking that we've got. And you don't have the same thinking anymore, which is why you're kind of looking at it in a different way. And anyway, I think that's important Mm -hmm. to mention as well, because there's going to be people in all sorts of different places in their life in all different stages. Yeah. And, and and even when you've made a decision to remove something like alcohol from your life, it it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to lose your shit again. You know, I had this ambition to be present and peaceful. That's what I wanted and responsive as opposed to being reactive. And I've often described it a bit like a, a seesaw or a scale. You know, you, you over time tip the scales, but it's always going to have like a little bit of a wobble. Mm. You know, there are going to be moments where you aren't at your best and, and and all of that's okay. I think it's important for our kids to see our humanness and see how we can forgive ourselves. Uh, there's, there's a couple of things that, um, that one of my teachers that saw Elena Brower, she She's done some really lovely work around parenting. And there are a couple of things that really stick out that sort of fall into this part of the discussion. She she offered this phrase around um those moments where we where we show up less than we might like. And it's to say to yourself, how human of me, how human of me to XYZ. And so rather than us getting caught up in blaming and shaming ourselves and guilt tripping ourselves and beating ourselves up and judging ourselves we can just drop it immediately recognize our humanness and move to a place of forgiveness um so that that's one thing that I'll, I'll often hear her saying that in my in my head and the other thing that um she talked about quite a lot was having having a do-over and with the kids it's been a really lovely thing to introduce it with that frame of effectively not just asking for forgiveness but having an opportunity to make reparation to to do things over in a way that you might like to have done if you hadn't have been reactive and the the wondrous thing about put, putting this into my little um family unit is that it's it's bridged a gap where otherwise there might have been more tension, there might have been more disconnection. And so I've sort of modeled that for the kids asking for a do-over at times. And of course, you know, if you if you ask your little kiddos, you know, can I have a do-over that didn't quite go the way that I'd liked? What well, they they don't they don't hold a grudge and go, oh, fucking absolutely not. <laughs> you you were terrible, mummy. You know, they're like, yes, of course you can, mummy, you know, and it just breaks down so much of the thought generated stuff and then what does it do for the kids well you know a, a little while ago we'd had quite a um uh a, a difficult morning with some you know high emotion running and there was there was just something going on with um with my eldest just something happening for her and she was struggling to express herself and she just needed some time. And after she'd had the time, we were in the car ride to school and she just looked at me and she said, mommy, can I have a do over? And I just like, I just almost wanted to cry because it's like, you know, we don't, we don't have to control. We don't have to um, 
you know, hold on so tightly and curate things. And they're wonderful, amazing little beings and they they find their own way. You know, we we just need to trust them and connect with them. That's it. And so just this, you know, two two little tips. I'm going to ask for your mm. tips in a minute, Mr. Sam. I, I love those those two things from Elena Brower that can be hugely helpful. Yeah, well, that looks really magic to me. There's, um, it looks like in any relationship, I love that, how how uh, Elena puts it, like ask for a do-over. Like I think I, it's like I was, I think the thing I've said before previously is like a genuine fresh start because it looks like in a lot of classical ways of trying to deal with stuff, it's like person A digs a trench, person B digs, digs a trench. And then we kind of just like, argue our points and we try and like figure it out in the world of thought so in like in the so we go over the past again and we talk about all of the things that have happened and we try and understand like we get caught up in all of that stuff and in Mm. asking for a do-over all you'll do what you're really doing is acknowledging that that's not real like that's all made of thinking it's just it's not a place and we're all human and we you know perhaps we got heated or caught up in the moment or whatever it was and then I'm not, I'm not surprised that kids are much, you know, I would have, if someone had asked me, I would have said, yeah, they're going to be much better at that. They're just by, because it will just make sense to them. They'd be like, yeah, of course. I just want to like connect with mom or whatever, which to adults, I think it's, we tend to be, we we get more locked into, no, this is right. And I can't let this go. And this is the way, but actually in doing that, we, that's the best shot we've got of anything. So if, and it looks like, you know, this is where the simplicity seems to come in. Sydney Banks used to say it's all about positive feelings. It's like, well, if you think about that space where maybe it's with your partner or with your kids or whatever, where there are positive feelings, where you feel great. Well, they're one thought away. They're they're what's waiting for you when you have when you have a do-over, when you have a fresh start and you fall into the present moment. Um, and if any of us believe that the thinking that we've got is more important than that, we'll feel that. So if we think that being right is more important than, you know, falling into that space, we'll feel the reverberations of that. If we feel Mm. like whatever, whatever thinking we've got and the moment we see through it, the moment we just give that all up and, and, and live life exactly where it is, because that's it, right? If you think about it every single day, every single moment, you are just where you are. That's where your life is. Like if you look around the room that you're in now, Sometimes it'll have your kids in it. Sometimes it'll just be you. Sometimes you'll be with a friend. That's that's where you are. That's life playing out. All of that other stuff that's going on in your head, that's not. It's a. It's it's not real. It's all like thought. It's all memory. It's all stuff that's. But it's not happening. It's not. It's not your life. Mm. And I think that's where kids and kids just know that. So parenting from that space, you know, Dickon. He um, Dickon Bettinger. I love, I love listening to to him speak. He's such a lovely guy to to hear he he talks about how you know parenting from the feeling where he was always very kind of like this very kind of like um closed off and and um reactive and you know was parenting from his head from up here yeah but the more he kind of opened up into this kind of like expansive space he he started parenting if if he felt that he was in his head and very then he would sort of start saying to his kids that like let's not have this conversation right now you're not going to get the best of me and he started modeling to his kids well 
let's if we're all if we're all like in high emotions and stuff's going on let's let's just feel it let's just leave this for now and then later when it makes sense when our moods have settled and when we've got a higher state of consciousness let's have the conversation and what you tend to find is that it's less explosive it makes sense yeah. right you you are and the thing is it's the science there's a lot of science behind this when you're fe- when you're in the middle of like a mood if it's anger or whatever your iq drops what makes sense to you changes like literally we make we do things differently so it may it's very it's not just we're not this is very different to bypassing this is like oh just tuck all, this isn't tuck all your stuff under the carpet this is experience what's happening and then when you're back much more centered and those things have moved through you and more connected to to wisdom then you go and have those conversations yeah. and stuff so because I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of I can't you know necessarily think of any now. Michael Neal talks about you know the whole never go to bed on an argument thing. How much bullshit that is because it basically mm. means you're just going to stay up all night when you're tired, going over something again and again. And we all know often if you go to sleep and wake up, what's the first thing that often happens? You turn around and look at your kids or your partner and you're like, I'm sorry, like I was you know I I was just full of emotion last night or whatever. And it's and, and and so we have these things that we think we have to do, but actually there's, you're being guided. Like you don't need a lot of that stuff. A do-over is, sounds magical to me. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, well said, buddy. God, I was wondering what you were going to bring to this, but I think you've brought quite a lot. Well, that's good. So, n- I now brought a cup time, of tea. Now it's time for your now. top tips. What's your top tip then? What's your top parenting tip? Okay, so have a cupboard. So here's the thing, have a cupboard cupboard full of sweet stuff that's bright red and bright blue. And you just have that on hand all the time. So if the kids are being annoying, you can basically just wheel it out and say, feast on that kids and we'll sort it out later on. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, no boundaries. That I've, I've found that to work really, really in my classroom as well. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, don't don't ever set any kind of boundaries. Just let them do what they want. Um, and in the end, it works out fine. Um, and the third thing is that there's nothing that uh, a digital babysitter can't fix. So you've always got the TV if everything else has failed. They're my top three, would you reckon? Have you had a window into my parenting style? I hope I hope, um, I hope our American friends, I think we're quite, we can be quite sarcastic over here coming. Obviously, I'm joking. Um, I don't know, mate. I mean, I've learned... I have learned from teaching one thing that I learned that, and I, and I guess this applies is that the most loving thing isn't always like the cliche thing. It's not always like very often it's a hug and very often it's, but sometimes it's saying no. And sometimes it's, um, yeah, sometimes it's modeling something that someone might, might be upset about. Sometimes it's not, it's like knowing that our kids are, that they're okay even if they've got some feelings coming up because the moment in teaching you start trying to kind of navigate what's going on in the classroom according to how all of the kids are going to be then you know you get lost in it you don't know what to do about it you've just got to do the best as it looks to you based on the most loving thing for them the best thing for them and mm. and i think that's you know i think most teachers go through this so i mean i certainly did go through this kind of process of it's going to be fine i'm just going to be their mate and I know I've been told that doesn't work, but I'm I'm different. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack it. Trust me, right? And then and then after your first year, you're like, fucking hell, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that's. I guess some of that makes sense. But yeah, I think wisdom and love has many, um, 
has many faces and mm. that's that's there's no prescription behind that to as it looks to me um yeah nice i'm quite blown away mr sam well yeah. done well there we go um Awesome. I, th- I think that's probably quite a nice place to leave it. I don't know what you think, mate. We didn't even, it was quite cool. We didn't really even have a, we didn't know what was going to happen with that, did we? No. We just know, we, we knew that we had the world's leading expert on parenting, aka me. And we knew that we had you here. So we thought we <laughs> might, and with three kids. So we thought we might as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have a go. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what well, the thing I'd love to know if that has if any of that stuff does make sense and um yeah I don't know maybe at some point we can I know there's a lot of people that also there's a there's a lot of things that can happen when we stop drinking around wisdom around realizing oh I don't think I do want kids and things like that as well and I think there's a lot of pressure for people to kind of toe the societal line and stuff particularly for women I think um and I'm just I know I'm a man so I'm only talking from my perspective but I think there's a you know not there's that side to consider as well next um, week we've got sam coming on to talk about the menopause <laughs> yeah yeah no no that's not going to be happening um although i'm very happy to talk about it but um i won't be talking about it as if i have any kind of you know what's the word <laughs> advice or anything like that um but no i'm really curious about it um, yeah. which is a good which which is fair enough in it because i've i've uh I've learned quite a lot. So, uh, so yeah. Oh. Right, team. I'm proper hot here. It's got really warm in Liverpool and I, I haven't had the fan on because you can hear it on the mic, I think. And um, yeah, I've just had a cup of tea. So I think mine, I think I need to go and... Uh, Push yourself up. You've got to go and eat your duck now. Yeah, in the fridge for a minute. Last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's odd, isn't it? Because I was like, oh, yeah, I could. But to our to our listeners, like it hasn't just been sat there for a week. But maybe it has. <laughs> no one knows. With some salmonella. No mm, one knows. Tasty. Right. Um, this is probably my birthday episode as well. Is it? Yeah. When's your When's your birthday? Remind me again. Same day as Tom Cruise, third of July. It's on me. Um, it's on me calendar. Maybe you could send me a little present featuring a magpie. That would be nice. Do you want me to do I'll just send you a magpie. No, don't, because this one will get upset. Him and I are good friends. Oh, yeah. I don't want to. They're probably quite um, territorial, aren't they? Don't want him going around stomping on them other magpies with these Doc Martins or sparkly loafers or whatever. Right. Let's, uh, Let's leave it there. Right, team. Have a lovely week. Anything else to add, Ellie Crow? Say something profound. Brilliant, as ever, magic.